Walker Kessler is the Western Conference Rookie of the Month, and let's not underestimate the importance of what he's done this season. It's next on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider, and this is the March 3rd edition of Locked On Jazz. Walker Kessler named Rookie of the Month, and boy, is that ever important. Conversation with a friend about how Lowry actually has more to give even after this most improved season. Jazz are offenseless, offensiveless without Sexton and Clarkson again tonight. We'll see how they figure it out. We'll dig in. And we'll take a little bit of a look at the lack of dominant teams and what it means for the upcoming NBA playoffs and team building in the NBA. That's all on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. As I said, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen. We are free. We are available on all podcasting apps. We're on YouTube. You can subscribe and be a part of the group, part of the Lockdown Jazz group that's been built over the years. Absolutely. Welcome to Oklahoma City. Mental status check as I embark on four days in Oklahoma City. Actually, the next time you talk to me, I'll be done with it. So I almost feel like I should be doing a podcast this week on Saturday and Sunday just to check in and let you know how I'm doing after all these days in Oklahoma City. Um, I have a Unattractive view of a freeway and the top of a roof of some building and flatlands all the way out from my room. Um, I'm convinced that when I come here, they torture me just to see if they can get me upset. So my internet didn't work when I arrived and I got another hotel room that doesn't believe in desks. This is seriously my biggest pet peeve right now is hotel rooms that have decided that we no longer need desks in our hotel rooms because evidently we're here to leisure not work well i'm here to work so i would rather not be um you know in this crouched position for every minute of the next four days but it looks like i will be i had a wonderful dinner last night i will say that good steakhouse great sauces with the filet so that's good we'll have a lot of road trip updates um and went to dinner with sean sheldon who is one of the jazz um i think he's head video coordinator um, young guys just had a baby. Congratulations to he and his wife. So super fun kind of as the old guy to sit and kind of get the vibe of where they are at that point in time. And so really fun. Um, so, so far, 12 hours into Oklahoma City. I haven't killed myself yet. Walker Ross Kessler named Western Conference Rookie of the Month. Um I see he's number three on the Rookie of the Year ladder. I don't feel like making a big deal out of it, but like I actually think he deserves to probably be number two on the Rookie of the Year ladder. And then Paulo Boncaro kind of has it wrapped up, but I also feel like I'm not entirely sure I think that's right. Like I think Walker is having, and I bet you like Andy Bailey or someone who's a Twitter, very active Twitter guy, and I think Bleacher Report at times, could probably run like all the numbers of like real plus minus advanced metrics. I, I'm certain Walker's contributing more to winning than any other rookie out there. This is really 
significant for the Jazz. Really, really significant. So he's the 22nd pick of this draft. And, you know, we can say whether, well, first of all, if we'd known this was who Walker is, we should have just been trading for him. Like we should have, like, traded, like that should have been, like if you knew who Walker was, everybody should have gone and got him. Um, the since Walker has begun to start, if, you know, regularly. So I, I take it back to January tenth. He's now, I think, in either nineteen or twenty games as a starter, and he's really been remarkable. He's averaged it's twenty games. He's eleven points, eleven rebounds, three block shots, fifty percent of the free throw line is a, is a that one, let's not duck that that's a real issue. Like, that free throw shooting has derailed some guys in this league where they stopped going to the basket and they stopped doing things strong. But the skill set we've seen from Walker, the right-hand finish, the left-hand finish, the balance, the anticipation, <clears throat> um, four straight games of 12 or more rebounds, these are really awesome. What it means for the Jazz that's even more awesome is that the Jazz don't need to ever look at another center ever until the day Walker leaves. Like, Walker's your starting center. Backup centers are, as we've talked about, dime a dozen. Like, you don't want to be paying Derek Favors $9 million to be your backup center. Then you have to trade a first-round pick to get off it. Um, and so with the Jazz, in the sense of, like, the building of the franchise, like, they're... There's a piece done right there. And then what's so great is your second piece that's done is Lowry, who's so versatile, he can play any of three or four, three, four, or five. But the idea that the Jazz just left the first year of this reload and have taken care of their center position already is pretty awesome. Like... That's a massively important aspect. Like when you're looking at the NBA draft this year, if you're the Utah Jazz, you just don't you don't need to look at a center. And then what we talked about yesterday on the show about the trends of the league, defensive rebounding, rim protection being some of the most important things that are going on in the league. Like that's you've got a guy that can be a defensive rebounder and a rim protector already. So you want, like, again, this has been, this season has been a raging success. Like, it's a super interesting season to be a part of because we all kind of knew at the beginning of the year we should have a 36 to 48 month landscape of what we were looking at. And then the team became pretty good. And so now we're all in a day to day landscape and we're trying to figure out if we're in a playoff push or not. Or did we just start tanking or what's going on? Or are we actually just playing guys, whether it's a tank or not? Are we playing guys with the intention of trying to, in the landscape of, 24 to 36 months to see what we have, and I think that's what we're doing. I still think that our front office is, as they apropos and as they should be, still in this landscape of like, okay, what what is our 24 to 36-month landscape? And the, the fact is that the Jazz have found, obviously, Lowry, but this guy, Walker Ross Kessler, to be the cornerstone of the defense, and Will even said it the other day, that, like, hey, here's this guy that can be the the middle piece of one of, of an elite-level defense. And and the, the numbers are there. Like, he's continuing. What I think is so interesting is you look at 
what he's done since January 10th and you start to kind of run the numbers on Walker and some of the NBA advanced metrics of like rim protection and things like that, what was what I think was going to be the telling number, at least to me, was what happens when you're suddenly playing top guys, right? So early in the year, he had this unbelievable plus minus, and I really give credit. I actually uh, was talking about this last night with someone. I, I think that plus minus is often a sign of whether or not or, or how well a coach uses a player. And what I mean by that is I think that plus minus when you have like Howell Neto or Walker Kessler earlier this year, like you're protecting them. And when they're suddenly going up against Jokic and getting their handed to them, like you pull them so that they don't get destroyed or you give them just enough time. So then their plus minus is always good. In the stand standpoint of Walker, that's what we did early in the year is we gave Walker this kind of soft landing. Then 20 games ago, Walker Kessler became a starter. Since then, he's protect inside six feet. He's defending the fifth most amount of shots in the league. Players are shooting 12 percentage points below their league average when he's defending. Of the top guys in the league, the only ones better right now are Brooke Lopez and Miles Turner. And Jaron Jackson Jr. and Daniel Gafford are in that same group, are better. But that, but that's the elite, elite group right there. Draymond's pretty incredible, too. He just hasn't played as many games. So the best rim defenders in the NBA, and this kid's a rookie. He's minus 12. Lopez minus 12.9. Turner's minus 12.7. Jaron Jackson's an incredible minus 16.7. Daniel Gafford's minus a 12.9. That's it. And then we're going to find out over time whether he can do stuff offensively. But it's a massive find for the Utah Jazz. And congratulations to Walker, Ross Kessler, for winning the Player of the Month Western Conference. And as I said, I kind of look at that last little note there I gave you defensively. I think I can make a pretty strong argument. He's contributing to winning more than many others. Um, are at this point. Uh, it It is time now for us to select our Nissan Aria Electric Player of the Week. So I could go Walker Ross Kessler. That would make sense. But I actually want to give the shout-out here to Chris Dunn because when we're talking about the electric Nissan Electric Player of the Week for the all-new 2023 Nissan Aria, a car that... Brings you stunning power, fierce elegance, that electric juice. I'm going to go to Chris Dunn because it's a marvelous story. Coming off a 10-day contract, directly contributing to wins, helping finish games, hitting that little floater, showing a little bit more of an offensive, the, the tenacity and defensive presence he has. He packs that pin-to-your-seat power that is the Aria. The premium, intelligent, all-in-one EV. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. The EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at nissan.usa.com. And congratulations to Chris Dunn for the Nissan Aria Player of the Week. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. 
FanDuel's got the weekend covered for you with all sorts of great action and enjoyment. Go check it out. You can use the promo code FanDuel.com slash locked on and take advantage of what should be a super fun look into March Madness uh, and the rest that's going on. You also have, you have the no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's the bonus bet back in if your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel app. It's safe, secure, super easy. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to points sco- point scored to three points trained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bet for a chance to win a bigger payout with the same day game day parlay. So don't miss your chance to w- get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. FanDuel.com slash lockdown. That's FanDuel.com slash lockdown. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all podcasting apps as well as on YouTube. Join the group by subscribing or hitting follow and hit the little bell. Uh, Your second listen today, there's the 22-minute rundown of all things in the sports world. It's called Locked on Sports Today, hosted by Peter Bukowski. It's a great rundown of everything going on, particularly as you head into spring training and uh, the NCAA tournament and all the rest. Uh, I, I had an interesting conversation back and forth with someone in the NBA text about Lowry, about how good he's been. And I actually believe Lowry has another step. Um, I don't know if that's fair, but it feels to me like this was Lowry's year of explosion. And, it, and it's been massive. You know, from 15 points a game to 25 is a massive explosion. Effective field goal percentage is, is up higher than spin. Free throws are, you know, a previous high in the second year of 3.8. He's now at 5.8. He's taking more threes. He's taking more shots. He's playing more minutes. Like, the whole thing. I actually now think he makes this kind of next step in which he fine-tunes things. He learns how to dribble through the lane. He learns how to drive into half a guy's body and how to use that seven-foot power. He learns how to manage to manage a game as the primary scorer. Um, I, I, I really actually think that we'll see a better version of Lowry for the next few years. I don't... I feel like... There's nothing, the biggest theme to me on Lowry this year has been that there's nothing that's happening here in any way, shape, or form that's a fluke. This is the seventh pick of the draft. This is a guy who's got a marvelous body at seven feet. He's in, Rick Carlisle told us, other guys, he's a, he's a physical marvel. He He's a testing beast. And so you kind of, like, there's nothing about this that's fluky. And the fa- the fact of the matter is if you actually look back at him, there were signs of it as we've talked about prior, like right? That it in those other we've talked about this a lot, that the, that there were just there this isn't like, oh wow, this came out of nowhere. This is actually just tapped. You actually go look at his last thirty three games. He's averaging twenty eight points, nine rebounds, and two assists. He's shooting fifty percent from the field. 42% from three, and 91% from the free throw line. His last 33 games, Lowry Markinen is a 50-40-90 while shooting 49.9. I bet you I could find 50-40-90 if I cut a game off here or there. 
while averaging 28 points a game. Like, I actually think that's who he is. You win a lot of games if you have that guy. Like, you just win. He's so efficient. You know, we usually do points gained on Friday. We just haven't played enough games since the break to make it worth it. But that kind of points gained is the kind of thing where I think if you, you know, if you take it, his points gained, you'll look at it and be like, oh, well, yeah, you're up every night. His last 30 games. There, I just did it. I just took out two games just to get the number one. 28 points instead of 29. Nine rebounds, two assists, 50, 41, 91. 30 games. That's, like, I. that is, that's wow. You don't have, like, 50, 40, 90 for a season is Steve Nash, Larry Bird stuff. Not seven free throws. Well, Larry Bird's probably seven free throws a game. At 28 points a game. It's kind of crazy. And I watch him, and I don't think it's totally tapped. Like, I actually think that's a... He's learning every day on what he can do, what he's capable of, and what his next step is. Now, I think he could have a really rough stretch here. Colin out for a little while, and... You know, the injury on Jordan is on his shooting hand, and it's it's legitimate. Surgery has not seemed to be an option, which is good news. Um, but this is not this is not a fabricated injury. This but Jordan is now or Lowry is now just on an island. On an absolute island. Trying to make plays, get shots. These this will be a tough stretch. So I would suspect that this fifty, forty, ninety starts to fall away a little bit. But maybe, you know, I am a little hesitant to say this. I, I'm not sure I can ask for more than 50, 40, 90 than what we've had in the last 30 games. So when I say Lowry's got a little bit more to give and I think has a next step, maybe it's just completing what he's done in the last 30 games for the entire season. Because that might that might be a little asinine for me to be sitting here saying, oh, I think Lowry's got another step and this guy's averaging 28 points a game at 50, 40, 90. But I actually do, like... But eight threes and seven free throws a game is a really magical combination that very, very few players in the league have ever combined. I mean, I think probably if I went and did a stat geek search of eight free throws or eight threes and seven free throws a game, I haven't done it. Um, I'm going to guess I get James Harden. And I'm not sure who else in the history of the game I ever find. And those are the two most efficient shots in the game, right? So, like, why is that important? Because you, that's, those are the two most efficient shots in the game. Like, you want to go, you want to go to the free throw line as much as you possibly can. And so when, when Lowry's taking eight free throws a game, and then you want to be able to shoot the three, but what the problem you have with a lot of guys shooting the three is that they end up sitting outside and never taking more than that. Uh, and you, um, the only players in the history of the game, there's a few more than I thought, taking eight free throws a game, eight threes and seven free throws. James Harden five times, Russell Westbrook in his MVP season in Oklahoma City, Isaiah Thomas, Gilbert Arenas twice, Luka Doncic, that's not surprising, Dame did it once, Jason Tatum, Dame's doing it this year, Jason Tatum's doing it this year. 
Little Michael Adams did it in 90-91. That's incredible. This is a five foot ten guard. Trey Young did it in 1920 and Bradley Beal. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten players in the history of the game have taken eight free throws and seven threes a game the way that Lowry Markinen has for the last 30 games. That's getting into rarefied air. And you can't be anything but efficient when you're doing that. Like, your true shooting percentage is going to be through the roof. What Dame's doing this year is ridiculous. Dame's at nine free throws, 11 threes, with a true shooting percentage of 65%. It's Dame is having the best season of anyone who's ever done this. Harden's 1920 season when he was 30 in Phoenix is pretty close. That was... But both Dame... Dame shooting 59% on twos, and Harden shot 56% on twos. Luka this year is pretty darn great also. He's at 59% on twos, 36% on threes, and taking 11 free throws a game. Interesting, it's happening three times this year. But that's where I do... What Lowry's doing is amazing. Maybe asking for another step is a bit much. Uh, how do we score tonight? And a look at the uh, lack of dominance in the NBA as we continue. Uh, today's show is brought to you by my good friends over at Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. I am currently driving their Santa Cruz truck hybrid. Super fun. It's got the pickup in the back. It's got the uh, four-seater. Good drive, good power coming on up the canyon as well. So if you're looking for a little car, a little truck, that Santa Cruz is the answer. The SUV lineup is fantastic with the beautiful Palisade leading off all of the Hyundai things. The little Kona zipping around there. The Tucson's right in the middle. I love the new body shape. Looks super cool. And then we've bought two of the Santa Fe's already. Each one of our kids drives a Hyundai Santa Fe as their car. We've got the Ionic as well. We are literally just a Hyundai used car lot in our driveway at our house but so pleased with all of them and then you add the Murdoch family and their commitment to excellence and making sure you have a no regrets experience and you've got a special combination so if you're looking for a car right now I've done I did all the research I've looked at it if you want the most bang for your buck you can get the Hyundai now you can trust me when it comes to research I generally would but you then decide whether it's the right car for you go drive it go check it out Email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com and let me set you up with a VIP experience at any of the three locations in Linden, in Logan, or at 4646 South State Street, and we'll give you that VIP experience with Murdoch Hyundai. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen today for your second listen. Locked on NBA Big Board, Leaf Tulene gave his top 10 yesterday, and the day before, Leaf Tulene argued his case for Gigi Jackson. Going to the Utah Jazz with Rafael Barlow. It's a great NBA draft show. It's NBA Big Board. Locked on NBA Big Board. Getting you ready for the draft. All right, so the Jazz are scuffling offensively. Uh, without Colin Sexton, without Kelly Olynyk, excuse me, without Jordan Clarkson, it makes some sense. Uh, was Our worst game of the year was against the Spurs. Our sixth worst game of the year against Memphis. Our eighth worst game against the Thunder. We're down to 22 rim shots a game. Over the last four games, our above-the-break three-point shooting is sub-30%. So this is hard. 
This is not an easy stretch for us to try to add offensively. And you just don't have, without Colin and without Jordan, you just don't have guys that can go get you buckets. That's what makes this so difficult. Now, the defense was really good. That was the third and fourth best defensive performances of the year against the Spurs. But if you look at us since the trade, we're 19th in the league offensively. We're 17th in the league defensively. We're still right about a 500 team. I actually don't mind. I actually, like, this is an interesting. We For the year, we've been, like, fourth offensively and 26th, 27th defensively. Like, I, I so if you told me you had to drop your offense 12 spots, but you got to improve your defense 10, 12 spots, I might be all right with that. Like, I like us being 17th and defensively. We've gone now to, we're 19th in the league in half-court offense. We used to be about 7th. But we're 4th in the league in half-court defense recently. We're the worst team in the league in transition. That's what's really fallen off. Since the trades, we're the worst team in the league in transition. Three-point shooting's down to 33%. Um... And we're then we used to be taking about forty percent of our shots as threes. We're down to th- we're we're not making. We don't take as many. So you know you lose Mike Conley, you lose Malik Beasley. That that's not these are not um, stunning events, shall we say? Uh, to see what took place. So that's you know that's the difficulty we have right now. Is it really offense is going to be a challenge? Now Shea Gilgis Alexander is not playing. So they're down to Josh Giddy, and then Lou Dort does too much. And, you know, in their last five games, they've lost five straight. Dort's shooting 35% from the field and 25% from three. Jalen Williams of Santa Clara, the kind of scoring guard, is leading the way. He's averaging 19 points, five rebounds, five assists. He's super good. He was drafted right near Ochai in the draft. It's a fun matchup tonight. That's probably the matchup of the night is Santa Clara, Jalen Williams against uh, Ochai Abaji. Uh, and see what they can do. Jalen Williams is shooting 54% and 41% from three. Isaiah Joe is the number one uh, catch-and-shoot three-point shooter in the NBA. All right, here's... Uh, I don't have all my notes from this. Uh, I'm going to do this a little shorter. Here, here's what actually is interesting right now in the NBA. So if you go back over all the last 10, 12 years, there's a few things. Only Miami in the bubble and Cleveland the year LeBron took off. Did a team make the NBA Finals... That did not have a differential over five. Okay, well, we only have Boston, Memphis, Cleveland, and Milwaukee as teams with a differential over five. Denver's differential is not over five, despite being 44 and 19. The second thing is other than those two teams, you generally always have to be in the top three in your conference in differential. So that gets us to Boston, Cleveland, Milwaukee, Memphis, Denver, and then there really is not a third. Sacramento is at plus 2.3. No teams go in the NBA Finals with a plus 2.3 differential in the years past. But the other thing is we've just never had a season where there's only like four teams with a differential over five. We just never had anything where these teams are not as dominant as I mean, usually you have a team, like, go back and look at, like, the Jazz COVID year, how it's such a tragedy we didn't win it that year. We were, like, a plus 12. So Boston at plus 6.3 is really a low number for this league to have as your primary offensive player or your best team. By the way, to the Walker-Kessler importance thing, 
The four best teams in the league, they're over five. Defensive ranking is one, two, three, and six. Defending the shot is one, two, seven, and nine. Defensive rebounding is one, two, eight, and 22. Not fouling is two, three, six, and 14. Pretty, like... Defense, because of the offensive explosion, defense, I think, is almost getting more important. Boston's the third best offense. Memphis is the 10th best offense. Cleveland is the ninth best offense. Milwaukee's the 17th best offense. So if you take the four teams that have a differential over five and you take their ranking and average it out, the defensive ranking on average is third. The offensive ranking on average is 10th. Like, is it more important now to be a better defensive team than it is to be a better offensive team? Is everybody so good offensively that the way you differentiate yourself is actually being good defensive, being good defensively, not offensively? Chew on it. Have a good weekend. It is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast in the Utah Jazz. Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.